0: Hey, hello, this is Chris. I just wanted to quickly introduce this episode. This is episode 14 of another podcast I do called Utah in the Weeds. I do this podcast with Tim Pickett. This was a fascinating conversation that we did with Mindy Madejo. She is a Utah medical cannabis pharmacist. She's actually going to be work at, working out of the, uh, the cannabis dispensary in Bountiful. I thought this was such a great conversation that I wanted to push it out to all the I Am Salt Lake podcast listeners so you could check it out. And so you could subscribe to my other podcast if you haven't done so yet. You can find the podcast by searching for Utah in the Weeds in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can also find it at utahintheweeds.com. Like I said, this is Mindy Medejo. She was awesome. Such a great conversation. Hopefully you enjoy it and thanks for checking it out. Anyways, episode uh, 14 of Utah in the Weeds. Uh, by now everybody should be subscribed to the podcast. If you're not, then you're missing out because we've been here every week, Tim. We've, uh, we followed, we really are
1: getting, we're getting more consistent and it's becoming a thing like it's, yeah, I'm starting to, uh, I really, I'm starting to take this thing seriously, honestly, (laughs) like we've talked about before. I mean, we're, we're in it.
0: You know half the battle right now is to find people to bring on the show and find because uh, we want to talk to to awesome people and it's just hard to get super connected to the people in the industry at least for me right now
1: well, I think that that's i mean certainly is for me too
0: and um so maybe they can reach out if they want to come on the show I wish people that all would. the time we yeah. say
1: that all the time but the more people listen the more people uh know of other people uh re- yeah reach out or reach out to your to somebody you know who would want to come on the podcast or you think would be good that's fine too. Our guest today is uh, Mindy Medeo. She is the pharmacist for Wholesome is it just Wholesome Incorporated? It's like a huge vertically integrated grow dispensary op- operation.
2: Yeah, officially our name is Wholesome Co.
1: Wholesome and we
2: Co. Yeah, we haven't quite decided on the name of the pharmacy. Uh think it may be wholesome co-cannabis or wholesome co-therapy. And our grow operation is going to go under the name
1: wholesome co-ag. So, Mindy, you're a pharmacist, a licensed pharmacist in Utah. Tell us about yourself.
2: Sure. So, yeah, I'm a licensed pharmacist in Utah. I have the pharmacist license as well as a controlled substance license. I did go to school in Salt Lake City at the University of Utah. Pharmacy school um, takes usually six to eight years. So it's a lot of schooling. And after my education, I did a lot of retail pharmacy. So I would be the pharmacist that would work in the places like Walgreens or CVS or Target. And I lived in Utah for a little bit after I graduated college. And then I did travel to and I lived in Missouri for a few years and then I lived in Denver, Colorado for about five years and then came back to Utah. So I've traveled around a bit. I've worked at a, at a variety of different pharmacies, but most of them have been retail locations. So this is the pharmacy when you go and get a prescription from your doctor, bring it, and then you talk to me and I'd fill it for you. So,
0: so my question, when you went to school to become a pharmacist, yeah. did you didn't know. I mean, your goal wasn't to work with cannabis. You just oh my thought you gosh! You're going to be a regular pharmacist, right? No,
2: not at all. And if you were to tell me even two years ago that I was working with cannabis, I would have thought you were nuts. Like I had no idea that a pharmacist would be involved in this in this industry, and kind of like I'll I'll let you know when I was a retail pharmacist, I was kind of disillusioned with pharmacy practice in general. I felt that a lot of patients were over-prescribed medications. I didn't really love the state of our healthcare system. I felt like it was all about money. I felt like we were only treating one thing. We were looking at a disease state and just giving a medication. We weren't looking at the whole patient. So to be honest with you, I, I did work in retail pharmacy for a number of years, but for the last three or four years, I actually... Kind of quit working. I would just work the bare minimum that I needed to survive. But I was, I, I didn't like retail pharmacy. I felt like it was a factory. I felt like people would come in, get their prescriptions. And there was a lot of problems with it. There was a lot of people on um, really high opioid prescriptions. I, you know, right in the middle of my career, was the the height of the opioid epidemic. So I really saw the whole progression of that. And it was disheartening to see all these patients come in and be on massive doses of uh, pain medications and watch their quality of life go down as they continued to take more and more and more and more. So I, to be honest with you, I thought I was going to be retired uh, about three years ago. And then I, so, so, about the year 2018 was when Proposition Two passed, right?
0: Here, yeah, here in yeah. Utah.
2: Yeah, here in Utah, and I—I I was definitely a supporter. I wasn't like super active in the campaigning, but I, I agreed with it. And I just—I as soon as I heard that a pharmacist would be required to work in the pharmacies, something clicked in my head, and I just—I kind of knew that that was my thing, that was my purpose and I got really, really excited about it. Part of the reason I got excited about it is when I worked as a pharmacist, I was really interested in plant medicine and herbal medication. Like like I said, I thought people were so over medicated with pharmaceuticals. And I think a lot of these things can be treated with more natural things and don't even necessarily need to be treated at all. So Just like when a patient would come into my farm, when I worked as a retail pharmacist and a patient would come into my pharmacy and maybe like they wanted a recommendation on sleep, for example, I would first list all these things that I wanted them to try that were non-prescription. I would, I would recommend that they work on their um, sleep routines. I would recommend they cut down on caffeine, cut down on alcohol And then as soon as they've done that, I would, my next step would be, well, let's try some valerian root or let's try um, melatonin. And then as soon as that didn't work, I'd maybe suggest, oh, why don't you maybe go to your doctor and and ask for like a medication? But then I'd always say, but let's not be on it long term. Let's just use it occasionally. Let's not. Um, So I I was pretty much a pharmacist that did not like medications.
1: Oh, wow. How did you get hooked up with uh, Wholesome?
2: So as soon as, yeah, so as soon as 2018 um, came and that Proposition 2 passed and I saw that pharmacists were going to be involved, I just did everything I could. I, I bought so many books. I listened to so many podcasts. I kind of searched for some education materials. I I changed my LinkedIn profile to say that I wanted to be a cannabis pharmacist, which is kind of a a scary move because, you know, in pharmacy, we didn't really know that if it was going to be allowed. Like, it's really scary to jump into this industry. And I do know a lot of pharmacists that are kind of like, on the down low, cannabis pharmacist, because it's it's hard to work in both the cannabis industry and that the real legit pharmacy industry. In fact, I even I even contacted the Board of Pharmacy um, and Doppel Department of Professional Licensing, and I asked them. I said, "Oh, I just saw that Proposition Two passed, and pharmacists are required. Is there s- some sort of contact you can give me?" And they immediately were just like, we want nothing to do with this. We don't approve it. We're not going to be involved in any way. So it was a little bit scary. And really, I was in a a unique position because I didn't really have to work full time. So I knew that I could kind of jump in, be real vocal, be real active, and how I got involved with wholesome is I, they found me on LinkedIn, to be honest with you. And and we just made connections and there's all these really serendipitous connections throughout this whole process of I'd talked to somebody and they were friends with somebody else. And, and, you know, I connected with them pretty early on in the process and I wasn't sure. And this was even before they got any of their licenses, before they got their cultivation or their pharmacy license. And I just kinda of stuck it out and luckily they did get a pharmacy license and um the reason I like them is I felt like we really had similar ideals when we, we would talk about the reasons that we wanted to do this. So
1: that's cool. Is the uh are like is there like a pharmacist like a group of you? Do you know the other pharmacists yeah. in the uh yeah. like who that work at Dragonfly or Perfect Earth? You guys kind of I do.
2: I do. So right now there's only, there's really only three pharmacies that are open. And I'm, I really like in my quest to learn everything I could, I contacted all of them and we became friends and I'm forming a pharmacy, a Utah Cannabis Pharmacist Association. And this group is kind of under the umbrella of the um, Utah Cannabis Association which is a group of QMPs, dispensaries, CBD manufacturers. It's it's a great it's a great group of people. It, really everyone I've met in this industry has been so great. It's 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 been really exciting.
1: It seems so, like the pharmacists would be would like that would be the level where everybody would team up Right, that information sharing would happen at that level because it doesn't seem like there would be a lot of competition yeah. amongst the pharmacists. Right, they would; everybody would be be willing to share the information that they're giving to patients because, for sure, if, you know, it's not right. And so, you have you found that amongst the pharmacists uh, that exist now?
2: Yeah, very early on um, when I became friendly with them. We had a lot of questions back and forth. We had this great email chain. And the, I remember there being a, a really like heated discussion about suppositories, for example, um and the absorption rates and the THC and why isn't it crossing into the blood brain barrier. So, so we, we are able to like, chime in and and ask all these pharmacists a lot of questions. And and I they've even allowed me to come visit their farm. We've all visited each other's pharmacies. We've set in on consultations. And really in this industry, there's only 14 pharmacies. So I don't view any of them as competition. Another reason that I like to team up with them is we are really creating our roles. There's not a lot of other examples of how a pharmacist is going to fit into this Functions or into this business. So we're, we are trying to like team up and just decide how we, and if really, if their pharmacist does a better job, then it's going to be better for my business, better for everybody.
1: Is there other states that use pharmacists at all? Or is Utah kind of unique? Yeah.
2: Yeah. There actually are. When I, I think if I remember right, I think New York and Connecticut use a lot of pharmacists in their medical cannabis programs. But also, there's not only that, there are some actual chains, like like big, huge chain of dispensaries that are in many, many different states. And the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head is called Columbia Care. Are you familiar with them? Mm, no. Have you heard of them? They actually got a license in Springville in Utah. So they are coming into the Utah market. And they have probably 30 plus dispensaries. And there's some in Florida, Arizona, New York. Delaware, they're all over and they put pharmacists in every single dispensary and most of these states don't require it. So they're very medical, medically focused and their product, you should, you should check out their website. Their product selection is really great. And they're, they're very, they almost look like a traditional pharmacy. So
0: a very good company. What's the benefit of putting a pharmacist in a dispensary like that? Like Utah set up a model like that but these other states that don't have that why would they do that
2: oh well there's definitely a need for a pharmacist I mean a pharmacist has so much schooling they have a lot of background in pharmacokinetics and um, all the different disease state managements like, like there is definitely a use for a pharmacist
0: yeah but most pharmacists aren't educated with cannabis though that's 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 what I've run into
2: yeah well but but if you think about it most you need to know more than cannabis and cannabis you can get educated on fairly quickly. I mean, most doctors aren't educated in cannabis either, but we can become familiar with it. You think about the number of medications that we are familiar with and something that pharmacists do that I think is going to be very helpful in the the dispensaries is we are based, we're taught. So for every medication that exists, we are taught the disease the so, so we learn about the, the disease that it treats, right? We learn about the mechanism of the disease. We learn about um, how it's diagnosed. We learn about the medications that are used for it. And so we spend years and years and years learning a little bit about every disease state. So we've got this large, broad knowledge base. And so when somebody comes into the pharmacy, we're almost like triaging them. That's it's really a big, huge part of our job. So we're able to know when to refer them to a doctor we're able to know um, when to refer them to an emergency room. We can know when to let them pick something over the counter and treat themselves. So we really do have a lot of knowledge and, and you know, with cannabis, I'm sure you guys know with cannabis, the dosing is tricky. So our background in pharmacokinetics, where we really, we we probably spend the most time of any healthcare professional knowing about absorption rates and metabolism Different dosage forms and and how they absorb in the body and how quickly they work and how they cross the blood brain barrier. So, we've probably got the best background. I would I would imagine and, so, and I think Columbia Care realized that and they're using that.
0: Have you ever used cannabis? I know that sounds like a silly question, but we, believe it or not, we had Rich Oborn on here and he's never even used cannabis before. Oh, we really? Just like that, like right. The funniest yeah. thing yeah. in the world. How, how do you work? How do you work with it and never use it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, but, I mean,
0: I, I know that sounds yeah, silly and yeah. I wasn't trying to like interrogate you or something. But.
2: No, it's, it's a good question. And I, um, but I will tell you as a, a pharmacist, pharmacists by nature, at least me, myself are, 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 rule followers. So sure. I like to say that a lot of pharmacists are a little OCD and that's also why we're good at our job because we follow the rules. Um, so I do, I have used it, but I don't try to make it a habit just because I'm worried about the legal Oh sure, ramifications. Sure. And that's something that's a little tricky with the pharmacist too. Um, since I have a controlled substance license, if I get caught breaking the controlled substance law, I'm actually in much more trouble than most people. Um, same thing with DUIs. If, if I get a DUI, they don't just take away my license or my driver's license. They would take away my pharmacist license. I'd go on probation. They would print my letter in a newsletter and send it to all the other pharmacists I know. So it's, it's a little bit more on my shoulders when it comes to substances.
1: Do you think that, far, like, as a pharmacist or somebody who's going to be recommending dosage and delivery to the patients, do you think that that gives you an advantage, like your personal experience with cannabis? And the reason I ask is because you know I have opinion. I have an opinion about this, but okay. um, but it's not like you're trying your thyroid medication when you're recommending, like when you're discussing that with a patient or as a pharmacist, yeah. right? It's not like you've tried a bunch of Percocets and- No, and I
2: haven't products. tried it so hardly. Is, I mean, I hate medication. I haven't tried it sure, hardly anything.
1: Yeah. Sure. And I think that's, you know, amlodipine or some, some like yeah. blood pressure medication. It's not like you've tried that. So you're giving advice to patients who haven't, who, and you haven't had personal experience with the medication, but I think cannabis is different. And so- do you think there's an advantage to having some personal experience with cannabis for, as a for patients? patient yeah, as a pharmacist?
2: You know, I do not believe you need to have personal experience. I, I think you learn enough as a pharmacist about the things that you need to know that you don't have to actually consume it yourself. But I think it's helpful. I think I'm going to say that the part that I think it's helpful with is the strains and like choosing the different, like it's probably helpful to try the different types of strains just as to understand for yourself. But I, I think you could be an excellent, excellent cannabis pharmacist and not touch it, which is hard to understand. But, but yeah, we, I, th- I think that that can be accomplished for sure.
0: I just don't know how you could be around it all day and not want to touch it. That's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: the more, like I, I'm I, being silly. We've yeah. been to
1: the, we walked through the wholesome uh, location in Bountiful yesterday and, uh, yeah. you and I, and, and like that is going to, you know, it's going to be a great space. And. Well, what does it look like? Talk about it. What is it? What well, it when you like walk in, there, in I mean- so it's going to be next to, can we talk about this uh, Mindy? Like, can we talk about where it's going to be? I would think that this is
0: pretty much public knowledge I looked and- on the website. It says right here where their if address it's public, is. Yeah. West. I mean, yeah,
2: I'm probably not the best person to answer these questions um, Yeah, specifically about the wholesome business. But yeah, we can we can talk about what the pharmacy is gonna look like, I would say, and how I imagine the pharmacy.
1: Yeah, you walk in, it's right next to Costco in Bountiful. I mean, it's going to be right downtown, like West Bountiful. And mm-hmm. it's a it's an excellent location. Very easy to get to off both freeways, north and south. Uh you walk in, big curved wall. It's not finished yet. They're still building it out, but there's a big curved wall, a bigger uh, lobby area and waiting area than, for instance, at Dragonfly uh, in comparison. And then you walk to the right, correct, Mindy, and there'll be the consultation rooms? Yeah,
2: so that will be where the pharmacist will be. So as soon as you're done in the check-in and the, the front area, then you'll go talk to me, and that's where I'll do my consultation.
1: Right, and then the, uh, the retail area is a little smaller than, for instance, Dragonfly, but they had a they were restricted because of the size of their building, but um, in okay. kind of their size. But but the retail area seems a little smaller, but still the counter area will be just as big, um, mm-hmm. as for instance, in Dragonfly. And it's very uh, I think it's pretty inviting, like the design itself, yeah, is pretty inviting. Tell us how the I mean, w- w- we kind of got to go back to this consultation. area because I know patients really are interested in how this works. Like they come see somebody like me, they get their card and then, okay, now what? What what do I expect when I'm a patient and I go down to the pharmacy with the pharmacist?
2: So after they've got their card, they will come to our pharmacy and they can either check in ahead of time online or they can just come to the pharmacy. And their first visit, They'll have a consultation with me, the pharmacist. So, like you said, they'll go through that lobby and then they'll be buzzed to the back and um, meet me in my office. And then I can do. You want me to like tell you some of the questions I'm going to ask in the consultation, or should we?
1: I'm interested Is that, Is because, because that as a okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what the heck mm-hmm. questions? I didn't know you asked any questions. So.
2: Oh yeah, I I have I have a in fact I have it written down. I've got a list of things that I would like to um, talk about, and and it's not just for my own benefit that I have it written down, but the state and some of the the cannabis act rules requires that we act, talk about certain things in our consultation. So I make sure that I refer to those. But yeah, when someone so when someone comes in to my room, I'd I'd probably verify their name first. Um, ver ask them who their QMP is. And then I would ask them what their QMP told them, what they recommended. I kind of get a a gist for how much education they were given by their provider. And then I would ask about their qualifying condition. And say, for example, their qualifying condition is pain. And I use that example because that's the majority of the cannabis qualifying conditions. I would then ask more specific details. I would ask about when they're, what time of day their pain is worse. I'd ask about how severe it is. I'd ask what things make it better, what things make it worse. And I just couldn't just general, like tell me about your condition. And then I would also ask so the next thing I'd ask is maybe what medications they're taking. And it's important to get a list of medications because, of course, I'm sure you know there are some drug interactions that we need to watch out for. Not very many, but there's definitely some that are that could be unfortunate. Um, some of them, there's some medications that will make the THC um, not eliminate from your body as quickly, so it, your THC would actually work more than you expected. And it's not just a little bit. Yeah, more what medications?
1: That one everybody wants yeah, to know so, what that one is. How can I make this laugh yeah, longer? They, maybe they can like,
2: figure something out. So THC, if, I, if I'm remembering right, I think THC is metabolized um, through the CYP2C9 yeah, and the 3A4. 4 Yeah, yeah, and then that's the big one, the 3A4. But a lot of um, so they're not real common medications, but a lot of the antifungals like fluconazole, metronidazole itraconazole, amiodarone, cyclosporin. So so there's definitely a Jeez, list of medications. none of these
1: are going to be yeah. common medications that people think <laughs> none well, of. Well, are I take but, three of those. What <laughs> but,
2: but it's just it's just important. And then I also I, I think I'm also going to ask about alcohol usage. It's it's really important for patients to know that the alcohol if they do use alcohol then it it has similar side effects sometimes and I would be very cautious adding them together. Uh, I would also ask about, and I, I just would want a general med list so I can know if there's any problems. Coumadin, sure. um, blood blood thinners will right. definitely have interaction, so I would I would check with that. Then probably the next thing I would ask, I want to gauge their their past experience with cannabis, and I would ask um, like if they are a user. I ask if they're a current user. Um, a lot of our patients say, "Oh, I'm a child of the '60s." That's a very common phrase we hear. Which means they did, they've used it back in the day, but it's been a while. So that is important to know how long ago was their usage. And we like also like to know what kind of things they tried and what are they like. And, and you know, it's funny because the patients, sometimes they're a little bit more. Free to talk with a pharmacist i I feel like and I remember this in the pharmacy but i I feel like sometimes when you 're at a doctor 's office, you feel like the doctors going to chart something or they 're not going to give you your medication or whatever you say is going to really affect how they treat you, so I feel like they 're a little bit more open and it 's just a little bit more um, you 're talking to a, a friend I, so i feel like, I feel like sometimes you get more of that information. Another another thing that I think Utah requires is we need to talk about kind of the things that aren't allowed. So of course you guys know too in, in Utah that you're not allowed to have a joint um certain paraphernalia like yeah, bombs no open and pipes. flames. Yeah, no open flames, yeah. So I like to talk to the, the patient about well let's imagine a scenario where you have this in your car. Do you know what things that you could have in your car that if the policeman were to pull you over that you'd be in trouble for. So I think that that's an important discussion. Um it's what is important, it? I, mean, is
0: it what, I I'm curious what that yeah, is. So, yeah, so so if
2: you a if you
1: don't read, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
2: <Huh>. <laughs> if you if you don't have your card with you, you'll be in trouble. Um you really should oh, really? have yeah, you should always always have that card with you at all times because if if you have that, you've got to prove that it's yours. And you also need right now you do need need a label. Um so you should probably also have that original container that has the label with your name, your QMP. You should really keep all that information with you. And you should never have Wait, wait, wait. Pipes, okay, let me stop right there. Anything that- in your car that is not allowed. Yeah.
1: Okay, let I'm going to me- I'm going to back up there. Chris and I are both like, whoa, 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 oh, yeah. whoa wait a minute. Yeah, I've got am going to put sure, this out sure. of uh, you know, the flour. I'm going to take the flour and I'm going to put it in a different uh container. Yeah because yeah, it that keeps that it, it a little away. better because you're going to sell it to me in probably a bag yeah. um yep. maybe you're going to sell it to me in a jar but I'm going to keep it in something different can I keep it in a locked and and this comes up in my conversations with patients too but you know can I keep it in a locked a little locked um, container
2: I would recommend you always keep that label because that's going to help you in huh. any situation with a police officer. Because how do we know that that flower wasn't from somebody else? You need to – and really, I think you'd probably be okay. But they do recommend that you keep that label with you at all times. If it was me, and especially if it wasn't taking I am, car.
0: What about all the patients that are going out of state though right now? I mean, that the doctors are telling them that they can go out of state. Yeah, you know, we're but in a I little bit of a, then, a
2: loophole period with the – yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. But still. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah. Maybe we got to bring JD would, on here. We got to bring JD. Yep, yeah. We got it. We
1: got to bring on there. But um. But also, I would say, Mindy, a little. I yeah. would tweak that a little bit. In my opinion, I would say that um. You know, patients once they're here, they're allowed to have it. They're allowed to have up to four ounces. I think you're yeah. right. Uh, you know, I would agree with you that if you bought it in Utah, you should. You know, it'd be nice to keep that label because that's just an additional layer of proof that you're yes. legal, that it's you bought it in a you. legal way. Yeah. I think that patients, uh, when you say that they have to have their cards with them, that's almost an impossibility in Utah because Utah issues a PDF email, not a yeah. printed well, card. Nobody prints yeah. the card. Um, yeah. So hopefully they, they can just access, have access that, to, it, to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: To, yeah they can be access able to, it on their phone. What you're okay. saying
1: is, you know, be able to access the proof that you, you that you're yeah. legal here.
2: And And the um, more proof, the more proof, the better honestly. Right. Like, it's like, just, like it's with just the labels another,
1: and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely always recommend my patients are locking their, uh, their, their yes. product up. Uh, if they have flour, they're putting it in a locked um, container. Like in my clinic, we have these little skunk bags uh, that have a luggage lock oh,
0: yeah.
1: on them. And, and so we, uh, you we sell
0: those at your clinic.
1: Yeah. We sell, we sell these little skunk bags and yeah. they're, you know they're different sizes but they have a little luggage lock with a combination and it's a perfect way to keep you know like a little grinder and a and a dry herb vaporizer yeah. right things like this that are there, there's a lot of people that i run into that are you know they're smoking joints they're smoking uh, they're using a lot of they're using flames and so we're teaching them about the dry herb vaporizers in the clinic and then uh, a lot of true. times they just ask us, so, "Well, you know, where am I going to get this? Right? Like, where do I buy one?" And and so we just have them there. Uh, we offer them a little discount because they're they can be expensive. But okay, so they go through the they go through the consultation with you. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then you you help them decide on delivery methods and dosing, and you know, a lot of times you're going to get QMPS who don't do the dosing and delivery. So. Yeah. And you, you're you really interested in this dosing and delivery, mm-hmm. like this concept, right, yes. uh, for patients? Yeah,
2: so, so, so I would go through some of these questions, and then it would lead to a dosing where we would talk about dosing. And I hate to say, I, I want to change some verbiage here. I, I don't like to say that the pharmacist is dosing a patient. I don't like to say that okay. the doctor is dosing a patient. I like to say that the patient is dosing themselves. And that is because a dose is, is we're really dosing to effect. So as QMPs and PMPs, we're not telling this patient, you start at 10 milligrams and go up to 20 milligrams after three days. It's, you can't do that. You need to start at a low dose, go to effect. And the patient's the one who's kind of driving the car when it comes to the dosing. So we, I think is, Professionals, we're there to give them the tools to learn to dose themselves. And it's, it's kind of a new um, way to do medicine because we're allowing people to treat themselves pretty much. Don't you agree with that?
1: Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Like, yeah, um, this is, yeah, we have this conversation all the time, every single day. Like, no, I'm not going to tell you to take five milligrams three times a day or whatever, three times a day. You're going to be in control. Right, the patient gets control. Then, so I mean, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. And uh, you know, we have we do a lot of dosing in my clinic, and all my providers are kind of educated about dosing. And so, when they come see you, I think uh, I I think they're going to they'll get they'll get education from us, and then they'll get education from you, and even further. Like, I think that'll be very helpful. I. A lot of QMPs are sending people are going to send people to you without anything, right? They're just going to write yeah, the card I th- and, I think and here you do. go. And that's a big responsibility, yeah, uh, for you guys uh, figuring yeah, out but, what but, what but we're, we take. we
2: are definitely the right people to do. I, I feel like I actually feel very confident that we can handle that. And and like I said, if they get education from the QMPs and the pharmacist, the more education, the better. And they'll get education from the agents. Really, I mean, the more we can help these people select the right product and dose the right way, the better.
1: So what, uh, what more education? You said that you've read a bunch of stuff. You, you've read books, you've listened to podcasts, you've done uh, self-education. Are you doing any formal education or are you working on anything formally?
2: Um, yeah, so so when I decided I was going to go gung-ho into this industry, I, I really was searching for a good online education. I was looking at certifications, and to be honest with you, there's a lot of bad education out there. There's a lot of – I mean, did you notice that? Did you try to look for some um, seminar? I, I felt like there wasn't a lot of good quality medical education, so I had a hard time finding one. But there was a a program that I had heard about about a year and a half ago, and it's a brand new uh, graduate program. It's a master's degree out of the University of Maryland in Baltimore, which is a pretty prestigious pharmacy school. I think it's number ninth in the nation or something like that. So they so they've got a master's degree in cannabis science and therapeutics, and I had just randomly heard about it on NPR one day, and. I immediately, like the the program just barely opened and I immediately did all the work to apply for it. And they had such an influx of applications that they, they told me the first year, they're like, we couldn't even look at yours. So we're going to defer you to next year. We promise you we'll look at your application. And I did get in this, the second year so. I am currently a student there and I I don't know anyone else from Utah, but I, I do think there's another QMP that's going to be attending this um, school as well. So I'm really excited. It's a lot of the coursework is, is pretty advanced stuff and things I really want to learn. So, so so then in the next two years, I'm doing this graduate program. It's it's mostly online, so I can do it and still live in Utah. And I just fly to Washington, D.C. once a semester and go to like some
1: symposium
0: or something like that.
1: Oh, man, that sounds like a lot of fun yeah. and a lot of work.
0: It's, Are you just learning I'm crazy excited. stuff about cannabis? Like, 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 what's the, yeah, like, I mean, you, stuff just must be blowing your mind. You're like, wow, I'm, you're kinda, learning stuff. Yeah. that's just like, wow, I didn't know. Well,
2: that. and the funny thing is when I was in pharmacy school, nobody talked about the endocannabinoid system. And I, I think the medical uh. schools were the same way. We didn't have a oh, yeah, we learned to, to treat it. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. And, and I, I'm a little bit, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm, I really geek out about the research and the studies, and and my favorite thing is to find really good randomized controlled trials and peer-reviewed journals. And there's just not a ton of them. There are more and more. I I have been looking at research for a couple of years now, and I see more and more, especially out of Canada. So I really want there to be a lot more research in this area, and I, and I think. I think it's just going to get better and better. I don't, I'm not one of those people that think cannabis is going to cure everything, but I think it's such a safe, safe medication. And I think it's going to enhance the quality of life with so many people. And I think back to my days in retail pharmacy when I had all those op- opioid patients and I, we did have a, a specific customer or a specific patient that I think about that was on just Three or four different really high potency opioids. And he would just come in all the time. And then we just didn't see him for a while. And we, we just didn't really think anything of it. And he came, he'd come in and he looked so much better. He lost weight. He was doing great and he stopped feeling all his medications. And he did tell us after the fact that he had gone across um, the state to Colorado, across state lines, was buying pot brownies and he was basically like, Stopping his opioids, and I think back to him all the time. I think, how cool would it be if we can go into rehab centers and give everyone pot brownies and get them all off these opioids? And and honestly, the the research <laughs> to support this is great. So if that's all we accomplished with this program, then it's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I th- I'm. I mean, you're you're talking we we probably interviewed that guy <laughs> probably <laughs> when we, interviewed, when we interviewed david sutherland or, or one of the other oh, patients oh yeah right, okay you
2: know? yeah
1: so uh i think you make a really great um like you, you really make a really good case about having a pharmacist in the in the uh, dispensaries or in the pharmacies the cannabis pharmacies and i think that like you say i mean Treating this like a medication, and and making sure that you're there helping people dose and and uh, figure out what type of delivery system that works best for them. I just read an article today that talks about the quality of the plant is much more important than the level of THC that's in the plant. For okay, example, I read that article? Did you? Yeah, yeah right. So yeah. Uh, you know, in this, and there really needs to be people like you that uh, patients trust. So that you you can see a patient walk in and say, no, you don't want to be vaping this 26% THC. You want to be vaping this 16% because yeah. it's better quality for what you need, yeah. right? Based on what we're hearing sure. from the patients and everybody's going to be different. But I think pharmacists are unique. I mean, because you're not a bud tender. What do yeah. you say to that term? Do people call you? Do your friends call you the pharmacist bud tender. Is that, that's, that's no, no good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a cannabis pharmacist. I like to be official. I like to ah. use official terms. So yeah, I mean, I'd say I think it's, so yeah.
0: cool.
1: I think it's cool. So cool. I think it's yeah. cool. What you're doing. I'm really, I'm happy about that master's program that you're doing. Um, I think that we need more of that type of education in the medical community and there yeah. won't be enough of that. I I'll be surprised if a lot of the education content that you learn won't change over mm-hmm. the course of your even your program as we learn more about the minor cannabinoids and and yeah, things I'm like sure. that.
2: Uh, you know, it's going to be a lifetime learning, and I'm really excited to learn everything from this program, teach it to my staff, but I really anticipate too, which I'm excited about. As I'm a pharmacist, I'd love to get students from the the colleges, from the University of Utah and Roseman University, and hopefully they'll start to teach cannabis medicine in the pharmacy schools, and it will be a discipline, and I'll be able to have students come shadow me and work with me. And this might just be an area of pharmacy that we'll see in the future, and I, I can't imagine why it wouldn't. Even if Utah's program goes away and we don't require pharmacists, there's going to be those places like Columbia care that see the value in pharmacists and pharmacists are definitely going to be involved.
1: I think that you have a place to, to work forever. Um, Whether or not it's in the retail cannabis side, like in the cannabis pharmacies or in the, um, in the development of product side where they're, they're working in the lab and trying to, trying to develop products that are, Better for certain conditions as the research gets more developed.
2: Yeah, my other pharmacist that I work with is um, has a big background in compounding, so she she's going to be working in the lab. She's going to be knowing she knows so much more about that. And so pharmacists not only they they have such a good knowledge of compound. Like we've been making stuff for a long time in all the other pharmacies, so we can definitely help in the processing.
1: I can't wait till there's a day when I can take a patient and say, "Hey, you know, you have knee pain, we need to make this uh or you have lower back pain, we need the compounding pharmacy to make a minor cannabinoid. We need this many percent of CBN and this much percent of THC oh, that will and kind of dial that in yeah. uh to a compound tincture. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't wait. For they that they,
2: day. they do that already with other medications. I could see where you you write out a little formula of what percentage of cannabinoids you want, and you could even add, oh, "I want these terpenes to be in there." That would be fantastic, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, think of all the things we could we could treat the GI issues, the yeah. low back pain, uh, the migraine yeah. headaches. I mean, that's I think that's coming. I think that's seven. I do too. Seven or eight years away, seven to ten years away, but it'll come.
2: I think this whole industry, I don't think we're that far. And this whole industry is, is a little bit frustrated. I, I feel, I hear a lot of complaints and frustration with, with how Utah is handling everything. But I think we all need to take a step back and realize we've come a long ways. And what I see from my end is it's getting better. It, there's, there's such good things coming on the horizon and, and it's going to be so much better product and there's going to be such better processes and we're going to be so efficient. It's going to be so accessible and. There are a lot of people in this business that are in it for the right reasons. So, I think I think it's going to do well and I think it's going to help a lot of people most importantly.
0: And it sounds like you're in it for the right reasons, so that's awesome. You
2: know, I am, you know, that's another interesting thing is, you know, pharmacists when they come into this business, we take a pretty pretty big pay cut. So, I can tell you that all the pharmacists I've met are in it for the right reasons. If if they want to make money, then they're they're working at Walgreens. They're not working here.
1: Wow. That's where where the big bucks are. (laughs) Yeah. Walgreens is where the big bucks are. Who would have thought? Yeah. I know, right?
0: (laughs) Well, thanks, Mindy, for coming on. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, thank
2: you. This has been interesting and really fun.
0: Did we mention when the pharmacy is opening, the pharmacy dispensary uh, is opening there in, in Bountiful? Because I'm looking on the website. It says mid-July.
2: Yeah, we're is hoping that- um, July 17th, but um, we'll see. And everything's going really well, and I, I feel like we have such a great product. And I'm really very excited for what we're going to bring to this community, what we're going to bring to the, um, the cannabis
1: world. It's going to be great. Mm, we're going to look forward to that. That's going to be yeah. right my hometown.
0: Any other questions for her, Tim, or or should we let her uh, go and get this episode wrapped up for the evening? I think we wrap it up. I think this has been uh, pretty
1: enlightening. I think patients will have uh, something to to learn and listen to here
0: uh, about the process. Do you have anything else you want to say, Mindy, why why we're here? Anything you want to um, educate or shout out? Or there anything? is
2: there is one that well I. I I think something that I think is really important in the consultation that we didn't go over that I think we all need to educate our patients on is that cannabis, I I think cannabis is used to treat medical conditions, but we also need to use it to enhance our health by promoting activities like that are going to make us healthy overall. Like I like, I like to tell patients that it's wise to use cannabis to go exercise or meditate or journal or socialize with friends. So we need to realize it's it's not always just for a medical condition, but it's to make our whole self healthy. And I think, I think that's an important, and sometimes, sometimes we take people and we put them into two camps. We say that there's a recreational user and a medical user, but I think we need to realize that we're all medical. We're all medical users. And we're all using it to be a healthier person. So, if you're that recreational user that's using it because it makes you able to go to a party, you're you're using it so you don't have to take a anxiety medication later. So, I think I don't like how there's this distinction between people who are using it for the wrong reasons and the right reasons. I just want to say that we're all using it for a good reason.
1: I like that. I like that. Thanks for I like thank that you for adding that.
0: Yeah, absolutely no, I mean, there's no, thank a lot you. of truth to that. I th- I think I think uh, yeah, no wow. How can people get a hold of you Tim? What's the best way to uh, find out more about what you have going on?
1: Definitely with us it's utahmarijuana.org um, or just call me 801-851-5554. I mean, we do a lot of education, cannabis education. Of course, you can learn a lot about what we do and listen to the podcast on our website too and read the podcast. We transcribe all the episodes there. And of course I am a QMP. So, you know, that's uh, we have, we have clinic space and see patients every day. It's, ex- it's
0: just really exciting. So Tim's the man. If you, if you need your card, Tim's the man. Uh, you can go listen to my other podcast at I am dot um, this last week, we actually just had the owner of twist on the podcast. I believe this was a lot or no, it's that last? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Go listen to it. I am salt lake.com. My weeks are mixed up right now. I don't know what week is, which
1: I am. Salt Lake is really the best podcast. That is the, the best local podcast we have around.
0: I, well, thank you. Thank you. I've chatted with a lot of people, including Tim. He's, he was on episode 420.
1: Yes, I said, that's so for, I, I do. That I do think that uh, was the best <laughs> you ever did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, it, 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 it really reasons. just happened. I don't happened. know. It, it just really happened. Just, it really just happened. I play
1: that. I play that episode back to back in my clinic in the lobby. If you want to hear that episode, just make an appointment with me. Come to my lobby. You'll listen to it over and over and over again. Do you really do that? <laughs> oh too? yeah, you bet. Because it's, tell me you're kidding. Uh, actually I'm not really kidding, but we mix it up with different episodes. We do Utah in the weeds. We do that episode. Um, yeah, because I don't know. It's interesting to people. Listen, we try to pick episodes that explain the process a little bit. And so we, we plan, we have a big sign in my, we have a big Utah in the weeds poster. I right want to come, I want to come visit no, your We should, office. we should make some little flyers
0: or cards up or something like that. Right. Like oh yeah. Things. I was thinking anyway, about making, let's some get out of here. Stickers. We need to let okay. Mindy go. Let's, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mindy. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you. Hopefully we can bring you back on sometime. Okay. Uh, that's it. Make sure you're subscribed. You guys have a great week. Okay. All right. Thanks. Stay safe out there.